Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, empowered living coach and spiritual feminist. Today, I have the pleasure of sharing time with Kat Tozier. Welcome, Kat. Thank you, Joni. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you. Mm, I'm so excited to have you here. Let me tell folks a little bit more about you. Kat is a writer, she's a podcast host, and she is a divine life flow guide. And she uses a unique combination of intuitive reading and practical guidance to help women clear old patterns that keep them trapped so they can invoke the power of their individuality. Because Kat believes that as women, our power is in our individuality and our strength is in our unity. She facilitates gatherings of spiritual women. She brings them together to support our collective healing. Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you. It's It's a journey of the heart, most definitely. Yes, and I... I love that distinction between the individuality and our collective unity and coming together. And I I feel like that's a piece that you bring forward in a unique way. Is there more you can say about that? Hmm. I think that those two pieces are very much at the heart of what drives me to do the things that I'm here to do. Because in my own personal backstory, there's a great deal of loneliness and isolation and pieces that are so uncomfortable. Mm. And so when I became an adult and set out on the journey of my adult life and starting a family, I wanted to have lots of children. Mm. And a lot of that was to help banish the isolation and the loneliness from my childhood. Mm. But as I moved through decades of that journey, and (laughs) there's so much to that story that leads to the present as there is for all of us, one of the things I came to understand is how much for women, we've all had these places of isolation and loneliness, even for women that didn't have the specific details of the childhood that I did that were particularly isolative and lonely. There's just a commonality in women of having experienced loneliness and isolation because of social paradigms, because of programming, because of, you know, role definitions, because of so many things in our culture. Mm -hmm. And so even though my first person experience was one of 
actual isolation and loneliness in childhood, I think it's a greater hole for women and it's something we all understand. And so as a person whose strength is very much making connections, connecting people to people, connecting people to information, connecting people to resources, connecting people back to themselves. Hmm. It became very apparent for me when I finally came to this stage of my life of moving into helping others heal, that a primary aspect for me is first and foremost, helping others embrace their individuality in the way that I worked for a very long time to break through on my own. But more than that, to bring back that collective paradigm of women circling and gathering and supporting and, and combining their individual powers mm. to, to, you know, to create that unity that helps all of us heal and helps us all help others heal. <laughs> yes. And that is, it seems like that is a thread of the feminine or the sacred feminine that you really consciously carry um, in your work and in your approach. Um, and I, I appreciate that. I, I don't know if there are other elements of uh, the divine feminine or that perspective that, you know, that are part of your journey or color your work. Oh, gosh, where to start with that? <laughs> Good question. I, well, you know, I was thinking when I was walking this morning, I, I frequently, if I'm going to be speaking in some capacity or interviewing someone else, mm -hmm. you know, the roles reversed, I'll frequently give some thought and, and draw some energy toward that conversation when I'm out walking mm -hmm. each day. Mm -hmm. and, and this morning I was thinking a bit about um, our upcoming conversation and very much thinking about the balance of masculine and feminine. Mm. And, you know, we've just come through a number of decades in our culture where things very easily for women have been about anti-men or anti-masculine or, you know, anti-male. Mm -hmm. And while we need to move out of a masculine energy paradigm and as the complete 100% and we need to bring in the feminine energy and you know and create balance it isn't about anti-male or anti-masculine energy it's about bringing in the feminine energy and creating the balance and so as i was walking i was thinking about this place that women are at of reawakening after centuries of being programmed toward patriarchy and almost being asleep mm. to the ancient ways of the power of women and mm. feminine energies. Mm. And men will have their time of their awakening as well and become more willing to create the balance between the two. But right now, where we are, it's this reawakening for women to 
bring back the feminine energy into balance and we have that unique you know it's not so much about the body you're housed in in this particular time in the world in terms of energy because we all embody masculine energy and feminine energy and it isn't about the sex of the body that you're in in, in this world because there are men or people that are in male bodies in this this time who do have cultivated feminine energy and they have a masculine and feminine balance. It's just not the norm or the, the highest percentage for those that are in male bodies. Whereas for those of us here in this incarnation in female bodies, it's a much higher percentage of us that are tapping into that, that feminine energy. And so I think part of our job right now is to draw that through. Mm -hmm. And yes, we need to use our masculine energy once in a while or, or part of the time to to be organized and to be structured and, and to do what we need to do to put our information out into the world. But a great deal of the time it's drawn through that feminine energy and starting to absorb all of the overabundance of masculine energy that's been here for so long. And so I was thinking a lot about how women are uniquely design or the female body is uniquely designed for this kind of work because while males or male bodies certainly have creative and intuitive energy and they can access that feminine energy and they have the same sacral chakra energy of, of creativity when it's fast creation it's penetrating creation. It's, you know, the proverbial wizard waving the magic, magic wand, abracadabra, boom, the, you know, the spell manifests versus while women certainly can do that, we can instantly manifest. The other side of it for women and the more, the more unique piece of it is we're designed to gestate, to nurture the building and the growth of a creation and you know for a period of time and then once it's birthed to continue to nurture it and and nourish it and i think that's a very unique feminine energy capability it's not the fast boom manifest mm -hmm. it's the it's the slow growing and and gestating and birthing and nourishing and nurturing and i think that's very much much what is needed at this point in time because we have centuries of paradigm to rebalance. Mm -hmm. So in your own life, have you, have you gone through that transformation or that awakening or that shift um, from the more patriarchal approach or imbalance per se and an opening to that within yourself? I'm assuming you have. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but it's been not an easy or quick road. <laughs> um, one of the things that's come into really sharp focus for me recently is I was, as a child, I was raised, um, well, first of all, by a, a pretty misogynistic father who believed women and children should be seen and not heard. And, you know, something not unusual in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he took it a little further than the average because he had a pretty violent streak. Mm. So I came from that, that route in this life. 
But I also was raised as a young woman in the Baptist church, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's a pretty strict set of um, doctrines and and things that are are part of that. And it's it was, you know, in that era, certainly a pretty patriarchal situation to be in. And so as a young woman, just coming into, you know, having gotten married and starting my family, um, my ex-husband was in the military and I was in Germany. And then this was in the mid 80s. And I had my first exposure to a Pentecostal church there. Mm-hmm. And first became aware of things like anointing with oil and laying on of hands mm-hmm. and prophecy mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And yet it was filtered through an environment that was still very masculine dominated, very patriarchal, you know, between the military aspect of it. And then the church still, even though there was the laying on of hands and the anointing and the prophecy, you know, and there was some recognition of, of women's gifts and being able to do that sort of thing. There was still the man as the head of the household and that sort of thing. And there, there's a lot that goes into that story, but I'll, I'll leave it at that to just simply say that that at that time, it was the very first inkling Mm. of my spiritual gifts, Mm. but it was so wrapped in the culture Mm -hmm. that I didn't really understand it for what it was. Mm. And moving forward a bunch of years, it was, it was, oh gosh, 80, shoot. I'd say close to 15 years later that I began to understand the truth of it. Because that was the point where, well, first of all, let me say, I've often said I spent my teens rebelling, my 20s repressing, my 30s imploding, my 40s healing, (laughs) and now my 50s and going forward helping others heal. Mm -hmm. And so in that imploding stage, Mm -hmm. or at, at the end of the imploding stage, when I began to move into the healing stage, and I started to research alternative medicine and holistic things and and body wellness and and I was going to a therapist and working through my childhood dramas and all of that I also read a book by Sumunk Sumunk Kid called Dance of the Dissident Daughter. Yes. Wonderful book. Fabulous book. Mm. And that book brought home to me what I had been experiencing way back as a, you know, 21, 22 year old woman in that first Pentecostal church that I had been exposed to. Mm -hmm. And let me say in those intervening years, I had moved away from the church entirely Mm -hmm. and, and any form of religion and, you know, any form of spirituality and, you know, just rejecting all of it because I was rejecting the patriarchy of it, but I rejected all of it. You know, it was the the baby out with the bathwater thing and reading dance Mm-hmm. was such a shift for me to begin to understand that I ha- not only did I have those spiritual gifts that had first emerged way back then, but that I had a right to them mm-hmm. and that I was as capable and powerful in feminine energy mm-hmm. as any man that had been standing in a pulpit 
all of my childhood and, and, you know, young adulthood. Mm. And that was the first point of shift, you know, and there's a lot that, that has happened since then that has brought it into greater and greater and greater focus. But, but that was the beginning of it. Mm. Well, one of the things I was struck by when I was um, sharing your bio is, is the word you use invoke. <laughs> um, and I know you use that very consciously because I've read it somewhere else um, where you've used that word. And I, w I want you to tell us about that. <laughs> I want to hear about that because it feels related to this. It feels related to you standing in your spiritual gifts. Mm. Uh, and I think you're very right. It is certainly an intentionally used word. Yes. Um, and I think you're absolutely correct about the connection to me personally. Mm -hmm. And it's also, as I said, this journey of the heart for me, it's what I want for other women. Mm. Because we have spent so many, as women collectively, centuries, you know, and, and I just think about the women in my own family. Mm -hmm. And then the ripple effect outward, because I know it's not just my family. I know it's every woman's family It's in the mother line. You know, and you and I've had conversations about this, that we have all for so long felt completely disconnected from the belief that we are powerful mm -hmm. and that we are capable and that we are meant to heal and to be healers and to help others heal. Hmm. And that manifests in many, many ways. You know, I have had women in conversations in the last couple of years that object to the the, the term healer for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they say they they don't they don't embody that term. And that's fine because I don't like labels to begin with. But when I say healer, I mean anything from a straightforward, you know, working in nursing or as a physician or, or a therapist or whatever, to alternative things like doing massage and doing Reiki and, and doing crystal healing, to doing things that are just within your own family, within your own community, volunteer work. thing. It's not just about being an overt healer. Mm -hmm. and, I, and so I think that being healing Healing, being a healer and helping others heal is directly tied to power for women. Hmm. And the reason I use the word invoke is because it's a strong word, mm -hmm. as you note. And I believe that we need to consciously hmm. choose to connect. Mm -hmm to the innate power that is our divine spiritual gift or gifts. And we all have them and we have similarities and we have differences and there are a multitude of gifts and ways, but we need to consciously choose to connect to them because it's scary to choose power, mm. partly because our culture has taught us that power hurts others and wounds others mm -hmm. and manipulates others. 
Whereas the kind of power I'm talking about is healing power. Mm. It's not the kind that wounds others. It's the kind that heals. But we're still scared of power. Mm -hmm. And we're also scared of it because many of us have life experience or past life experience in which there was direct persecution related to showing our power. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't have the ancestral connection to it ourselves, we're aware of what's happened to women over the centuries and millennia who showed their power and their ability to be healers and, and powerful women. And so it's a scary thing, but I believe this goes back to the individuality and the unity thing as well, because this shift that's happening is each of us individually coming into our power. Mm. And it's about the gathering so that we can link arms and fearlessly go forward and reveal this healing power mm. and, and no longer be afraid of it. So yes, the word invoke is very, very intentional and it's very personal because the fast forward piece of, of the story is from the time of reading The Dance of the Dissident Daughter, I worked for a number of years between working with a therapist and then doing my own research and so forth and you know learning yoga and learning meditation and learning to um, better nutrition and all sorts of practical applications, mental and physical. Mm -hmm. And I had myself to a point in you know 2004, five, six, somewhere in that those years, where I was healthier physically and emotionally than I'd ever been than I had ever been in my life. However, I was missing a critical piece because what I was doing at that time was keeping this really rigid controlled routine mm -hmm. of, you know, this much yoga and this much meditation and these foods are allowed and these foods are not allowed and and this many miles walking every day and and you know all of these things and it was this rigidly controlled thing that was essentially taking a, you know, the comparative to taking a pill to try to mask the symptoms mm. of what were emotional and spiritual wounds. Mm -hmm. And I had not dealt with the emotional and spiritual wounds piece of it. So I ended up in 2009 tripping myself up very, very badly and moving into a relationship that was devastating mm -hmm. for me, for others. Mm -hmm. And in the end result, my whole life imploded. In, in February of 2013. Hmm. And when I, when that happened and you know, there I was in 2013, I was 49 years old. My children were adults. You know, I'd been a grandmother for a few years at that point. Mm -hmm. And at, toward the end of that year, as I was finally moving out of the grief induced fog and out of the anger and out of many things, I began very intentionally and purposefully to choose. Mm. And that's what invoking is. It's, con you know, conscientiously or consciously and intentionally choosing mm. what I was going to bring into my life, what I was no longer going to allow in my life, what I wanted to create in my life, what I was going to release and let go of out of my life. And I'm talking about spiritual things, emotional things, physical things, you know, possessions, 
relationships. I'm talking about everything across the board. And when I moved, when we came to New Year's Eve of 2014 or 2013 to turn the calendar into 2014, my decision that night and the commitment I made was I was going to go into 2014 with an attitude of openness and optimism and seeing it as an opportunity to create exactly what I wanted. And it was very much every step I took from that point forward was about invoking Mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And I've done it ever since. And I, you know, to just sum that up, I am living in a place I love on the water that I've always wanted to have on rural land with my herb gardens, with my flower gardens, with my vegetable garden, with my dogs, with a man that is the first safe and supportive relationship I've ever had in my life. Mm. My body is healthy. My anxiety is gone. My chronic pain is gone. My other medical issues are gone. I'm doing work I love with women that I, I just adore and who are fabulous. My <laughs> children are are moving through their process of uh, clearing all of these same things and following in mom's footsteps to make changes, you know, and improve their lives and, and the healing that needs to happen for them because of everything our family collectively has experienced. And yes, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. There are bad days. There's <laughs> crap that happens. But what I'm saying is this conscious process of invoking mm-hmm. and owning the power that I've got to create what I want, to choose, no, I do not want this other thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. We all, every human has it. And, you know, you and I are in the realm of working with women. So I will say every woman has that power. Yes. And how would you guide uh, clients or women you work with to invoke in their personal life? Do you have a specific process or just in describing what you've described to us or? I do have a specific process and it's a combination of the fact that we need to start with releasing and clearing Mm -hmm. and and breaking the old patterns. Mm -hmm. But sometimes teaching about manifestation or creating what you want breaks down at that point because it's not just about getting rid of the old, it's about choosing what you're going to replace with, Mm -hmm. you know, and where the intention setting comes in. And yes, you've got to get out of the way and allow and trust, you know, once you set, you make the choice, the you consciously invoke, this is what I'm going to create. You set the intention, you know, you say your prayers, you do your rituals, whatever it is, and you send it out to, to the divine, then you have to leave it and allow and trust. But the other component in particular in breaking patterns specifically is going through, we tend to get caught in that physical and mental. You know, what I was saying a little while ago is I I had really good health and was healthier than I had ever been physically and emotionally in a stretch, you know, in the early 2000s, but it was a controlled, this program, that program, this behavior, that behavior, this checklist, the other checklist, this routine, that routine, it wasn't freely flowing. Mm. And the missing component was the emotional, spiritual piece of it. And when we have all four of those energies collectively flowing together, 
the physical wellness, the mental wellness, the emotional wellness, the spiritual wellness, the clearing of each of the four, the releasing the patterns of each of the four, wherever they're stored, you know, because some stuff stores in our physical body as illness or as pain or shows up as a symptom of some store, some of some stuck energy stores in our mental body and in the form of repetitive thoughts and those neural pathways that we just can't get ourselves out of that track of thought. Some of it stores in our physical body and our, our feeling of disconnection from the divine and, and sense of doubt and disconnection from our spiritual gifts and our intuition. Some of it stores in our emotional body and those wounds and those pains and griefs and regrets and anger and all of blame and shame and so on. And identifying which area it's stuck in and, and moving through the process of clearing it and releasing it and disconnecting from it. And then bringing in what's healthy to support the physical body, what's healthy to support the mental body, what's healthy to support the emotional body, what's healthy to support the spiritual body. And merging those together in a, a trusting and an allowing process brings it all together in a way that like I said, not always unicorns and rainbows every single day, but a heck of a lot more flowing, healthy, enjoy, you know, enjoyment, joy, passion, love, harmony, all of those things. And when those not so hot days come, you have the tools to know what to do with it. You know, yes. how to fix it, where to look, how to change the direction, how to shift the flow. Mm shift the flow that that brings me to um one of my favorite questions to ask is is uh the idea that that i put forth is is this sacred feminine flow which is really about connecting with that sense of flow and and do you have a, a story or an instance that you would like to share with us of a time when you did indeed trust that and how that turned out for you Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, there are about eight different things that are popping up in my head right at this moment. But the one that, that's standing at the top going me, me, me the most actually has to do with coming into this relationship with mm -hmm. my guy. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, the first safe and supportive relationship I've had in my life mm -hmm. because at the time that we met, I had already said out loud to my therapist, to my sister, to my children, to anybody listening, I am done with relationships. Mm -hmm. I will never have another relationship, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. To which my therapist at the time had responded, no, it's not that you'll never have another relationship. It's that you'll never have another relationship that is damaging and hurtful mm -hmm. as these others have been. Mm -hmm. And I was blocking that at the time going, uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> nope, just done, I'm done. And I also, just a, just a month, exactly a month before we met and connected the first time, I had left the final piece of my old life behind and left my 20-year my medical transcription career Hmm. to set out on this journey of creating a, a virtual business to help other women. And so I literally was getting ready to, to, to birth this whole new 
life for myself. Mm. My divorce at that time was fine, had been final for several months. I had moved again. My dog had died because for those that have heard my backstory in my, my 2013 year from hell, you know, my marriage blew up. My mother died. My youngest child moved out, left home to where I had an empty nest. And then in the end result, I found out my dog had terminal kidney cancer, which was mm. sort of a final straw thing for me that year. Mm. And by this point, he had died several months before. And so I left behind that last piece, my, my long-term career. And a month later, I met this guy. <laughs> and I have to say, it, it went in a very strange way because this was not in any way for either one of us about um, looking to meet someone. Mm -hmm. I actually had ordered firewood for the winter. <laughs> and the day my first load of firewood was to be delivered from this man who I didn't know from Adam, who I'd never laid eyes on, who I knew nothing about except that my landlady said, yep, he's a good guy to get firewood from. You can trust him. <laughs> nothing else. I was, I, I heard, I lived way out in the back of a 130 acre organic farm at the time. <laughs> and I heard and saw him backing up the driveway with the loaded trailer firewood. So I stand and I had this, my stomach dropped, my heart dropped, my throat dropped. And I, mind you, he's in the truck. He's still 50 feet, hundred feet from the house. Hmm. I can't see the man. Right. Can't see it. This isn't about the physical man. Mm -hmm. This is about energy entirely hmm. and completely. Hmm. My, I mean, everything, my, everything dropped. And then this huge surge of energy and just all the hair standing up in the back of my neck. Hmm. And I went, oh my God, I am in trouble. What is this? <laughs> that wasn't quite how I said it. I said it with a few more swear words inserted in there, but I'll keep it the, you know, G-rated version. And I knew, I knew there was a, something huge. Mm. I knew it was a gateway. Mm. I knew this was not my first encounter with the soul that's stored in that body. Mm -hmm. mm. And long story but this had all taken place he he was also in a space where he had just ended a 14 year relationship a few months before he had no intentions of a new relationship yada yada so we basically transacted our business and that was it and off he went two weeks later he brought the second delivery transacted our business and off he went um six weeks go by seven weeks go by and i in the interim i had gotten a new cell phone and I had also made arrangements for him to take firewood to my daughter and son-in-law later in the year. So when I had the new, when I got the new cell phone number, I called him to give him the number. Mm -hmm. He answers the phone. I give him the number and he said, I'm, you know, I'm not in the area right now. I'll be back in our area tomorrow. I'll give you a call then. That was on a Thursday that that conversation took place. The next day he called me. We ended up on the phone for two hours having all of this crazy conversation. He sent me a text that night and said, you know, come, come to my woodlot tomorrow. I have something for you. Mm. And me being the smart act I am and said, oh, did you pick me daisies? <laughs> and so I went to his woodlot the next day on Saturday. And we sat there for three and a half hours having all of this, you know, conversation. Mm. And then he came to my house that night 
that evening and he hadn't been there 20 minutes and the power went out. So oh. we sat in the dark with the candles for like three hours having all this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I found out after the fact, months later, when I called him that Thursday, he was up on a moose hunt way up in Northern Maine. And if you know anything about Northern Maine, you know there is not much by way of cell phone reception. Huh. And for the only time that entire week, he had just gone up on the backside of a mountain where he had cell phone reception hmm. at the exact time I called. Wow. And this man who is not a particularly spiritual man or practicing spiritual, you know, spirituality or, or whatever, he looked at it and he doesn't usually answer numbers he doesn't know, like many of us. He says he looked at the phone, said, nope, I don't know that number, and then said, mm, I need to answer this. <laughs> so both of you are trusting <laughs> something and, bigger than you. Oh, much so. But for me in particular, this became as we moved into a dating relationship, you know, mm -hmm. this man, I mean, I've already stated it's the first safe supportive relationship I have. However, this man also, you know, he's pushing six feet, I'm five feet tall. Mm. He's very strong willed. He's very direct. He's very <laughs> opinionated and all of those kinds of things. And so for a woman who's been through a lot of abusive relationships and who had a violent father in childhood, some of that stuff can be tough to navigate. Hmm. And here's the interesting thing. You know, when we were very first together, in the first months we were together, it would have been very easy for me to, to be scared off by just how strong a presence he is. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, you know, add that to the idea of learning to navigate a new relationship at all, which is difficult for any of us, yes. and building a brand new business and a whole new life at the same time. I mean, there was nothing left of my old life mm. at the time I met this man, nothing. Mm. You know, I had, what I had for possessions could fit in one room. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So it was the decision to say, my body, my energy, my intuition is telling me this is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And to, to really let that guide you. And two and a half years later, you know, here we are, strong, happy, healthy, safe, you know, have our home. Mm. It's been a huge paradigm shift for him too, but of course that's a whole different story. Yes. And but it was a it was a huge trusting thing for me a huge trusting thing for me you know and as you can imagine i've got everybody around me going oh boy oh you know whatever <laughs> interestingly though the one who most didn't go oh no was my son huh. and my son tends to be very on guard about his sister's relationships and my relationships sure wanting to protect all of us. Sure. And a couple of months into my relationship with, with my guy, I, I was talking with my son one day and he made the statement to me, you're safe with him, mom. You're good. Mm -hmm. Wow. So yeah, everyone's trusting their, their gut on this one. <laughs> so I can't believe that we, um, we're nearly out of time, uh, but I have one more question I want to ask you before we tie things up and that I love to ask um, my guests, and that is from where you're standing today, who you are and all the wisdom you have, 
what would you say to your younger self? What would you share with her? What wisdom? That she is every thing she needs to be and has everything within her that she needs to be strong, be powerful, and create the life for herself that the divine intended for her. Mm. Beautiful affirmation of who she is. Mm -hmm. and who you are. <laughs> it's been a long road. I mean, you know, it was the year that I turned 50 mm. that everything began to open and shift. Mm. Yes, and you have you have made the most of it. You have said yes to those what I call initiations and you use them to grow and transform and heal. Mm -hmm. and, and that goes right back to the invoke mm -hmm. because everything has been a conscious choice day to day, week to week, year to year or month to month and year to year in that time since my 50th birthday or, or since moving into New Year's Day of 2014 and my birthday wasn't until that summer. Mm. It's been conscious, intentional invocation, mm. day to day, every day since. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kat, for being here and for your very generous sharing. It's been a, an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Joni. I, I always enjoy the conversations we have both <laughs> both recorded and <laughs> off offline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So if listeners want to reach you, they can get you at your website, which is cattozier.com. Yes. Yes, cat with two T's. I have to make it difficult. It's a numerology thing. <laughs> <laughs> So there's three T's in all because the two T's on cat and then the T beginning Toja. Yes, it's like right at the center, that that alignment of those three as I'm, <laughs> as I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's a spelling cat with two T's instead of one combined with my last name mm -hmm. makes the, the numerologic vibration of the name a fortunate number and compared to an, a challenging number. <laughs> So again, that conscious choice. Absolutely. I'm not kidding. When I say day to day, week to week, I'm talking every single detail. Yes. Well, bravo. <laughs> bravo. So I, I also want to say thank you to our beautiful listeners who have been with us today. And may you go forth invoking in your life. And until next time, always trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. 
If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. 